Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Without the physical constraints of brick-and-mortar stores, e-commerce offers retailers an opportunity to appeal to more than just mainstream shoppers by diversifying their assortment to attract niche consumers who often will spend more for specialized products. But according to an audit of the 30 top retailers recently conducted by Label Insight, most online shopping experiences fall woefully short of the promises proffered by endless aisles and instead perpetuate the frustration of empty aisles. According to Label Insight CEO Todd Morris, this failing is not due to shortfalls in retailers' assortment, but rather their search filters. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Morris explains why retailers now more than ever before need to improve their online mix to include more lifestyle and need state products, as well as make them easier for consumers to discover. He also outlines the top hurdles to e-commerce shoppability and offers solutions to better engage consumers and increase revenues for the long term. So according to Label Insights' recently published report, Empty Isles, the Grocery E-Commerce Shoppability Audit, an estimated 200 million Americans follow some type of health and wellness program, and an estimated 180 million Americans have food allergies that affect the way they shop. At the same time, the pandemic has fueled trial and adoption of online grocery shopping by a whopping 46 million people in the U.S. in June 2020 alone as a way to reduce the risk of exposure to coronavirus. But based on Label Insights' report, Morris notes that online shopping experience for many people seeking products that are allergy-free or comply with a specific diet is far from ideal. We looked at the top 30 retailers. We looked at the top 25 most searched for uh, attributes. Um, And unfortunately, what we found is that uh, instead of being endless aisles, uh, mostly they were empty. 92% of the products uh, that should have been appearing um, for the consumer search were actually not visible. And so it really just highlights how hard it is if you have a, an, you know, an intolerance or an allergy or just a special diet to actually fill your basket in today's online grocery world. There are lots of different reasons. First, I think that you know, for many, the online grocery has been an operational challenge where merely being able to get products out to the shopper has been the first barrier. So think of it as the crawl, walk, run analogy, and people were just crawling. And, you know, this is seen as a, uh, you know, a nice to have, not a need to have. Um, so I think that's the, probably the first reason, just where are retailers in their evolution? Uh, because when retailers set their mind to it, they generally, you know, they can crush and solve uh, the problem. I think the second is that um, the underlying data just isn't there in most cases. Um, retailers and manufacturers don't have an effective platform for exchanging detailed product attributes. They have great ways of telling you how, like, how big is the package, how heavy is the package, but they're not tagged as ketogenic or all-natural, clean label, et cetera. So I think the first reason is where they stand in the adoption, you know, crawl, walk, run. 
But the second is that the problem, the data, it, it just doesn't exist inside most of these buildings. And so when they want to unlock it, uh, many of them don't know where to go to enrich their data to make it more usable. Um, I think the third reason, which I'm going to hope is really a, a, you know, a last reason, is that maybe people are just not aware of, of how large the consumer segments are that are facing these problems. Um, I hope that there's better awareness than that, uh, but I think that that could also be, which is uh, they're maybe seen as uh, niche need states that are met by other retailers, uh, and they're not needed to be uh, met by the, you know, the big box. But those are the three reasons that come to mind. But Morris notes in Label Insights report makes clear, grocery shopping based on lifestyle choices and wellness is no longer niche, and it's not something that retailers can ignore or consign to other channels. This is not, you know, a like a, a, a niche problem anymore. This is very much mainstream. Um, related to that uh, is the people, the number of people who are actually on an active diet or health regimen has topped 200 million shoppers. So basically this is, you know, we're, we're talking about the lion's share of people um, are now either out of necessity because if they have an allergy on a specific regimen or just out of their values or aspiration are on a different diet or health regimen. So you're talking 180, 200 million consumers. Uh, th these are crazy numbers. Um, the problem is that there are an infinite number of need states, right? It's not everyone's on the same. Everyone has a unique allergy or intolerance or health program. So um, it's growing, but it's also growing more complex every day. Indeed, Label Insights Audit revealed 64% of shoppers follow a diet or health-related wellness program, up from 49% in 2018. In addition, 55% say allergies or intolerances influence their purchases, which is up from 44% in 2018. Capitalizing on this growth, however, is, as Morris noticed, complex in large part because consumers are not searching for branded products that they know meet their dietary requirements. Rather, Label Insight found 81% of grocery searches on Amazon are unbranded, illustrating consumer desire for discovery and a need for brands and retailers to more clearly communicate their key attributes. However, according to Label Insight's research, efficiently and consistently identifying and processing these attributes is a significant pain point for retailers. The audit revealed that while most retails have attribute-driven filters to aid discovery, there's a mismatch between the filters retailers and consumers use. For example, the audit found that of the top 25 attributes that consumers organically searched for online over the past 52 weeks, only 14 shopped within the top 25 filters of retailers' websites. In addition, the report found most retailers failed to include attributes with the highest organic search volume and even when they do have advanced filters that align with consumer searches, they somehow still fail to return 53% of qualifying products. To the point that you asked of, hey, so why are retailers who do make these filters available still coming up with pretty poor results? Um, well, and that's what Label Insight really focuses on, uh, is how do you cure that? Um, the, prime, the reason for that is that they're, their, their product data is, is just not good or it's not complete. And so 
certain retailers will rely only on the brand name as their search result, right? So if gluten-free is in the title of the product, uh, then it would come back in those search results. But as we know, you can't have every attribute in every brand name. And so I would say that's the primary reason is they just don't have the product metadata for the search engine to find it. And so that's actually where we come in. Uh, we enrich and complete the retailer's data with all of the attributes that matter so that their search results come back completely accurate and actually complete, right, with every product that qualifies uh, being in the search. Um, kind of a joking way, if you went out and searched for a peanut-free snack on Amazon, unfortunately, the first thing you get back is peanut butter or peanuts. And so it just even shows you that a, at a, I call it fairly advanced retailer, how they don't even have this product metadata right all the time. Uh, so label insight there, uh, the key thing we provide is the ability to tag all of the products that meet that need state without the brand having to do any work or the retailer having to do any work. So as an example in the report, um, I, let's just pick one. You know, non-GMO uh, was a filter that some offered. And unfortunately, you know, when it came back, uh, you know, one product came back as non-GMO. Yet using our data, there were tens of thousands of products who actually offered a non-GMO-based product. So in that regard, what retailers have to do is they need to subscribe and enrich their data with these rich attributes that make their products discoverable. So it's kind of a two-part question. You know, one, you have to get the right keywords, and two, you have to tag all of the brands that meet that attribute. And when you do that, you're going to have very uh, full shelves that help the shopper buy and, and buy again. Enriching data and improving filters may feel like a lower priority to some retailers who are simply trying to prop up click and collect or even the most basic online shopping options to meet growing demand for e-commerce during the pandemic. But Morris argues having efficient filters and properly labeling product attributes is essential because they improve recommendations and replacements, two pain points that have grown during the pandemic as more people order online but don't have transparency into what is in stock. So we've probably all had the experience where the product that we ordered wasn't available and they suggest an alternative that's nothing like what we had asked for. I had personally, a, I had a Halo Top ice cream, which only had like 180 calories. They tried to replace it with a, you know, 800 calorie Haagen-Dazs. So the first is these replacements. Uh, leading retailers are using our data to not just find something at the same price point, but the same nutritional value, the same flavor profile, uh, and the same health profile as the product I chose. So that's a powerful, powerful solution that's going to drive efficiency in e-commerce for retailers and satisfaction for customers. Uh, the second is uh, uh, recommendations. So um, in e-commerce, one of the key challenges is um, you don't have the impulse that you have in the store where you just see something that you like and you want to try it. And so uh, retailers are using our data, Label Insights data, to uh, make informed recommendations. So people uh, you know, are buying a 
gluten-free pasta, and then we can suggest the gluten-free bread, the gluten-free pasta sauce to round out the purchase. So building bigger baskets, uh, making happier customers are two of the ways. But, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, one, which I think is particularly exciting with uh, retailers who are looking to build out uh, their, their retailer media platforms, right? So to compete with Amazon, uh, we see Walmart Media Group, Roundell, they're all building their own media companies, right? Well, a lot of these keywords, when people type in um, their need state, call it the uh, high-protein cereal, that's an ad word just looking to be bought. The same data can power that ad word or, or an attribute word and help make the retailer significant dollars between $1 and $4 per click. And in those ways, retailers are going to start looking at this as a, as a profit center, not a cost center. And I think for retailers who put that all together, um, the loyalty of the, of the shopper is just, you know, uh, the cream on top as opposed to the, the basic profit engine that this can bring. Finally, improving attribute labeling and enriching search data also can help retailers better identify what promotions to run when and when not to run a promotion. You think about people and you know that, that every January they go on a diet, but which kind, knowing what to promote to them is going to really help them. Um, Label Insight has other retailers uh, who are using our data to decide when not to promote a product. Um, there are certain products that they've found that consumers are not at all price sensitive. And so why give the discount? And so they're finding that when people, when shoppers are very committed to a given product's attributes and need state, um, they're far less price sensitive. They're very attribute sensitive. So it, it allows retailers to make more and even suppress promotional content that could have gone out otherwise, making that thing a lot more profitable. So to your point, I think there are a lot of different use cases, and we're just in the early days of unlocking that full value. The failure to connect specialized products with consumers actively seeking the attributes they offer isn't all on retailers. Brands also need to improve how they describe or tag their products to boost sales and consumer engagement. For a brand to be discovered more often, which uh, every brand wants to be famous, right? Um, there are a lot of things they can do. The first is they've got to make products that are on trend and meet the big consumer need, right? Um, and Label Insight helps many of them track what are those uh, trending attributes that changes the way that they make products. So assuming that they've made products that are very much on trend or in line with what people want, the second thing they can do, and this is pretty magic in my opinion, is we can actually overlay what consumers' search trends or search needs are. What are they typing in when they say, I want, um, you know, uh, let's say high-protein cereal. We can actually uh, assess which products meet that search term, even if the brand doesn't claim that they do. And that's unique Label Insight capability. But what it does is it actually shows the manufacturer hey, you could be famous. People want this attribute. You need it. You're just not claiming it. And so my, my favorite example there was uh, a major chicken manufacturer, which I guess they didn't make chicken. They're a, you know, a chicken uh, distributor, uh, did not have their product tagged as ketogenic. We showed them 
that while it's not tagged as ketogenic, it actually qualifies as keto. They said, hey, isn't everyone know that chicken is keto? But by changing the way they were uh, tagging themselves, their sales went up 35% by just making sure that people who were browsing for, uh, you know, a keto-friendly food said, oh, yeah, chicken. I should buy some of that. So that's, I would say, the second way. Um, and, and those are really the two primary ways, which is make stuff that people want, and two, make sure you're tagging yourself for all of those instances that you qualify for. Retailers and brands that want to learn more about how Label Insights can help them improve their shopability can do so by visiting www.labelinsight.com. And Moore has offered to connect those who reach out to him on LinkedIn or through the website with a customer service team that can walk them through the company's services. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.